Hey everybody, Adrian here, one of the co-hosts of Sidebar Forever, the new version of the former Sidebar Pop Culture Podcast. Every month, Sidebar Forever posts brand new episodes discussing and examining pop culture and art-related topics. However, as a bonus and a reminder to listeners who followed us in our previous incarnation, we're representing some of our vintage back episodes. Many of our classic interviews and roundtables will once again be available in our podcast feed. So, please enjoy this back episode from the Barchives, and don't forget to subscribe to Sidebar Forever on SidebarForever.com, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or anywhere else you get your podcast. And hey, follow us on our socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so you don't miss a single new episode of Sidebar Forever. Ladies and gentlemen, today Dwight and I have come full circle. We are proud to present to you an interview with painter, illustrator, and concept artist Marco Georgievich. Anyone who's listened to our nauseating first couple of episodes, as if the current ones aren't still nauseating, knows we've been fans of this guy from Jump Street. Dwight has loved his stuff for longer than I have, but I caught on quickly. Marco painted over 80 covers for Marvel last year and has become one of the most popular and prolific artists in the industry. X-Men First Class, Daredevil, Blade, Thunderbolts, Wolverine Origins, Mystic Arcana, and Marvel Illustrated are just some of the titles covered by this guy in 2007, and covered very well, thank you. His recent work on the new Thor series with writer J. Michael Straczynski is a big hit, and he ain't stopping there. A quick side note, too. He's already done 60 more covers for Marvel this year, and it's only May. Just damn. Marco joined us from his home in Germany and spoke to us about his early desires to be an artist, posting on conceptart.org for the first time, the special reason he loves teaching and sharing with other artists, and his relationship with his homies, Andrew, Coro, and Jason of Massive Black. We also get into some of his personal philosophies on art, doing interior pencils for Thor, and why he has to be so fast, and you won't believe just how fast. Dwight and I thank you much for coming on with us. He's a sweetheart of a guy and a major, major talent. I was born in Germany, and I, I grew up here until I was um, 17 years old and decided to uh, kick it and go away from home and become an illustrator because that was the only thing I was really good at. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I thought about all the all the opportunities that I would have to to get some money, and drawing was the only thing I, I was doing really well, and I was sucking at everything else. So I, I just decided to be to be a guy that draws and gets money for it, and um, <laughs> I uh, ran around for a while and got my first gig in. Um, a German company and a German publishing house that was producing role-playing games and um, I called the art director up and um, I knew his books and I was like, uh, okay, um, listen, I'm 17 years old and I'm better than all of you guys, so why don't you hire me? <laughs> and he went and he for it. He lost his ass off and, 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 and yeah, well, he, he, gave me, he gave me an appointment and he told me to come by and uh, show him my portfolio. So I, I jumped on the train a week later and uh, went down to his office and uh, showed him my portfolio and he was, he was blasted away. He basically hired me on the spot and kicked all of, all of his other illustrators out of the game and let me do it from that point on. <laughs> Seriously? 
He fucking yeah. <laughs> that, that's how I got. That's how I got started. And um, uh, I, I I hung out with that company for the first three years and um, basically learned what it is like to be a freelance illustrator and uh, kind of like um, uh, make your own schedule and uh, work with descriptions and whatever. And, and on, it just went into all kinds of different directions. I, I was, I was, a, I was a, uh, uh, mainly an illustrator for the first uh, large part of my career for the first five years, and that's why most people don't know me from earlier than, than 2003 or something, because okay. that's when I basically jumped over to content art and right. tried to find new, new venues of making money. And, right. uh, that's where, where, for the first time, I made like an online appearance, if you want, like that. Okay, Marco, going back, going back to like your uh, your time as a, as a young guy, as an artist. Um, are yeah. are you the only artist in your family, and, and were you encouraged in your drawing as as something to pursue? Well, thankfully, I'm the only artist in my family. Thankfully, <laughs> okay. And, uh, I wasn't encouraged at all. I, I I can't I can't even tell you how much I was discouraged okay. in, in, in working as an artist. Uh, okay. and that's uh, also mainly one of the reasons I don't talk to my family anymore. Wow. And uh, okay. yeah, I mean, basically, it's, it's it's really it's really I was I was like the black the black sheep and, 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 and the crew. And um, uh, I don't know of anybody in my family that actually had any interest in art at okay. all. Have they come around since you've gotten a bit successful doing this? I mean, have things turned around a bit? Oh, or? they're trying, but they're trying, but I, I, I'm not giving them a chance. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're you fuck me once, you fuck me never again. <laughs> <laughs> you're a man after my own heart. I, I tend to be a bit of a grudge holder myself, so... <laughs> I'm a person of extremes, you know. Like yeah. uh, either either I love you or I hate you. Okay, <laughs> I understand. There's no there's no there's no in between with me. Okay. So note to self: we'll stay on your good side. On the good side, yeah. <laughs> well, you're on the right track right now, so don't cool. worry. Okay, cool. cool. I had read online, Marco, that most most of your early stuff was was black and white. At what point did you start painting? Uh, just a year and a half ago, maybe. Um, when when I started when I got the gig from Marvel. Hold on, hold on, man. Hold on, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's pause for hold a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You just started painting <laughs> eighteen months ago. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. C- come on, man. <laughs> no, seriously. Are you are you being serious? I, 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 dude, I, I made maybe three three paintings, three or four paintings before I started working at Marvel. <laughs> okay, pardon my French, but goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad you like him. Yeah, <laughs> incredible, sir. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> well, I had to. I mean, I, okay, here's the deal. I decided to move back to Europe, and Marvel came around, and they offered the job. And I was in the situation, okay, when I move, to, move back to Europe, I'm not going to have a job, and Marvel's offering me a job, and i got to do it right. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I just boxed myself into 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 the corner and told myself, okay, you got to do this now. And I mean, painting basically, uh, there was maybe a certain knowledge on how to how to approach a painting, but there weren't really any paintings that I'd done. So you, you didn't have any point. practical painting like skills or disciplines prior to you sitting down, no. just just under two well, years ago, and saying, hey, I'm going to make this happen. Well, there was a couple of, like, as I said, like three, four, maybe five paintings that I, I made before before my time at Marvel, um, but none of them were, like, outstanding or anything. I mean, like, they were okay, 
uh, or decent or whatever, decent enough to convince Marvel that they wanted to give me the gig. Um, <laughs> yeah, better than that, sir. Better than that. <laughs> Holy but there was no like there was no no big body of work, you know, like there was nothing like a portfolio full of paintings or anything anywhere. So so basically, the eighty covers that you did for Marvel last year, or the the eighty paintings that you did last year, is making up for lost yeah. time. Exactly. Well, it's it's it's, it's one hundred forty now. So. <laughs> I'm Fuck. I'm at 100, 140 covers right now. Wow. Okay. Wow. You are you are a you. you are a wunderkind, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. That shit is dope, dude. Wow. Well, no, it's a conversion rate. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I swear to God, once you lose 40% out of every paycheck you get, you're, you you you're double your your, your you double your workload. <laughs> Exactly. No, 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 no. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah, co- come on. Call me. Call me. Call Marco. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. Do you do any painting in in uh, traditional analog media, or is everything, or, or, or a lot of what you're doing being well, done the, digitally, or? Well, uh, my production work, yes, absolutely digital. Okay. Um, it's just so much easier. It's it's from 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 a production standpoint, mm-hmm. it's the easiest way to get stuff done. I mean, like how many times you you you. Uh, paint the painting and you kind of uh, forget that one of the characters has blue eyes instead of green eyes you know okay so um it, it's just so much easier to make a fix like that within like a split second and send the the, the finished image back the fixed image back to the back to a client okay. without even thinking about it like okay. just just the hassle that it would be like fixing little things and rescanning or reshooting the picture and just Taking it back into Photoshop and cleaning it up and and and, and adjusting the contrast so it equals equals the the original piece the traditional piece okay. it's just so much of a of a of a of a brain fuck so I am I'm I'm trying to stay away from from doing any traditional or traditional work in 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 the in the um, traditional sense for any production oriented work it doesn't doesn't make sense on my part okay. So I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off, but so is, are you are you saying that to imply that for personal stuff and for fine art stuff you do try to experiment with traditional analog media? And, well, uh, absolutely. Then it's my work. I okay. mean, then then it's my work, and nobody's going to talk about it or, or or revise it or anything. There's and no I, deadline I, I attached it. to it. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And you don't have to you don't have to shoot it. You don't have to scan it. You just put it on a wall and it's yours. And okay. nobody's gonna nobody's gonna come along and complain about like little fixes or whatever. So um, I, I I can make a clear cut between between traditional and or personal work and and actually production artwork. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So now you were a young guy. You were working for I guess RPGs and. Yeah. At, and now, at what point did you hear about concept art, and when did you start posting on it? That's um, yeah, that's a good story. Uh, I, I have a good friend here over over here in Germany that um, does art, and he's been doing art forever. And um, he has a small little advertising company and everything. And he he knew about concept art, and he was he was begging me to post there. He was he was crazy. He was like, okay, you gotta post there. You gotta post there. Look, everybody's posting there. There's Jason Manley posting there. There's John, Fo- John Foster posting there. Mm-hmm. You just have to belong to this crowd. And I was like, oh no! As soon as I post there, everybody's gonna laugh at me. You look at those guys; they're like big sharks, and I'm just a dude, you know. Like, and then, <laughs> And he he just he just he just talked me into it for an entire week, and um, I I it was in 2003. Then I just 
I don't know, like maybe to do him a favor or maybe to just not listen to his complaining yeah, anymore. Get him I, off your back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, just I, I just took I just took like whatever I had on my on my computer and put it online, and it made an immediate splash. It was um, uh, an enormous feedback I got. And uh, Johnny John Foster, um, he was like the fifth guy to reply, and after that, that thread basically exploded. And, um, <laughs> I I don't know. <laughs> that's how I got into content art, I guess. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. If, if 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 people like, did they immediately just like go ape shit and like, okay, who is this guy? Yeah. What is he doing? Yeah, yeah. Much. okay. Yeah, I mean, I got on the first day I posted there. Jason Jason Manley. Um, he he wrote me he wrote me a PM and asked me to work with him. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> that pretty much sums it up. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah. That that. Basically, it sums it up. So I was I was there when he started planning out Massive Black with Andrew and Coro, and um, I was one of the first guys working working uh, for for MB okay. um, and just just helping him out uh, okay. from Germany. And then when they opened up the studio in San Francisco, I was one of the first guys to actually fly out and start full time there. Okay. So yeah, that, that's how it, that's how it went. Okay, and and your friendship with Andrew and with Jason actually just grew online. You guys didn't meet until much later, right? Okay, so yeah, what what we did was, um, I mean, Coro, Jason, Andrew, and I, we we uh, all of us had talked online for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had contact to all three of them, and um, it was it was a great contact. Like there was immediate friendship and respect there. But we basically had never seen each other, so. Uh, I mean, they knew each other, Jason and Andrew from their studies, and uh, Jason and Coral right. from, from whatever. Mm-hmm. Then the Amsterdam workshop came ahead, and um, it was it was like three days before the workshop started, and Jason uh, um, basically uh, uh, talked to me on MSN, and he was like, uh, hey, man, you, you should totally come out and teach with us. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Jumped on a train and waited for them the next day to arrive in Amsterdam. And I had never, I had never met these guys before, like in in real life. And they jumped out of the train, and it was immediate friendship. Like that first night was, was was our night, and we all knew we're not going to break apart anymore. It was what you call love on first sight. Uh, okay. We 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 four, we just stuck together from that point on. And I I still, I, I mean, uh, they're they're still my best friends. All all three of them. Okay. I, I love them to death, and each one of them is, is one of a kind. You know, like uh, you can hate them, you can love them, but they're still they're still such a big part of my life okay. that I would I would I, I, I'm just I, I'm just in a position right now where I'm already so far away from them again that I, I miss them every day. So um, they're 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 just my my homies and my my crew. Okay, like that. that's cool, man. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Did you did you enjoy being a part of the workshops, like teaching and working with younger artists, and you know? Yeah, I mean, like, I I never had a teacher, right? Um, and you might know this, and I I think it's not a big secret that I'm self-taught, mm-hmm. and uh, I I I know that for the first like for my first twenty-five years or what in in my life when when I was young before I discovered concept art and everything, I was um just so full of questions, so full of ideas and, and knowledge that I wanted to have and, and, and I wanted I wanted to talk to people. I, I wanted to have a teacher that explained stuff to me. And um, I being being living in Germany and not having any chance to like really contact people that interested me because of their art was uh, creating like this vacuum where I, I had to do it 
on my own somehow. I, I had to answer these questions for myself. I had to find solutions to to certain questions by my by myself. And um, I I know I, I that that route going that route artistically is is a really hard and long one and mm-hmm. uh, a really unsatisfying one because you you mm-hmm. run into walls like inner walls just because of of misconceptions and uh, and not having having a certain knowledge that you need to, um uh, constantly and um i i i know what artists are going through and if you're young and have the chance to get somebody to teach you stuff i think that that's an unvaluable gift for for every artist that wants to start out and i i want to be the guy that gives that back you know like i have no problem with 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 doing the workshops and opening up like the gatefolds of my knowledge and and just pouring them over people i i really that i think that's that's the only thing that is good that came out of my 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 of myself being self-taught because i have i might have solutions to problems that are completely different from art school solutions or classical teacher solutions sure. you know? like, yeah. because I, I i had to do it myself i had to figure it out myself and um i want I, I i love to share that i i love when people ask me about it um i'm i'm super open-minded about about giving it all away for, for free and um i i really enjoy the workshops even even though they can be tiring even though you get the same question asked a hundred times, like, what kind of paper do you use? But I mean, <laughs> still, as, if, as, if that, as if that was... We'll make you draw right? better. <laughs> yeah, why? I mean, like, I, I know people, like, Coral can make art on a piece of toilet paper, and right. it doesn't matter. So, um, it's it just... It's just uh, it's just so funny, and uh, just I I went through those same misconceptions, you know. Like I I was thinking, damn, there has to be a secret. There has to be the perfect medium. There has to be like the the, the perfect pencil to use. And mm-hmm. um, uh, when but I was forced to find those solutions by my by myself, and 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 find out what works best for me. And um, that's what I teach. I, I I teach people to open up and 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 find out what what works best for them. Because they, they, art, art is, is without rules, and, and it has no, it has no perfect route. And some guy will, will be a perfect, a perfect portrait painter, for example, just because he has a, has a certain way of approaching a picture and, and making portraits. And another guy will be a badass illustrator just because he has a, has a certain visual language that he can pour out on, onto the paper that makes it, make, makes it unique, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, my, 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 my idea behind it is just um, to, to really force people to open up and uh, realize that the, the only way to become a good artist is, is being is being confident with your stuff and, and, and realizing that there's no perfect answer out there, but that uh, the answer is already within you and, and within the way you like doing what you do. Mm. Mm. You're awesome, man. You're totally <laughs> awesome, dude. This is Dwight again, if you can hear me. And... <laughs> Dude, that's what I like about that's what I like about the concept art guys and the, and the general philosophy that you guys have anyway is one of total giving, dude. Thank you, thank you. But I, I, I mean, like, what's it good for to keep your secrets? I mean, I, the only thing you're doing is like when you give away your secrets, you make you make all these kids your rivals, and when you make all these kids your rivals, they make you they make you run faster. So you're right. doing something good for yourself, right? And um, that, that's how that's how I see it. That's that's why why the concept art artists over the past 10 years have just gotten amazing skills because because it's a it's a it's a ritual of sharing and creating and 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 people are getting so much better so much faster and um 
it just keeps everybody running. It keeps everybody in a, in a, in a constant motion. Nobody gets lazy and nobody, you know, like relaxes on what he, what he achieved like 20 years ago. So um, <laughs> I, I think that's a, that's a very vital thing to do, um, to just, just to keep yourself entertained and, 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 and to be sure that you're not going to be old iron tomorrow, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really think that um, that's one of the major reasons why 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 a lot of the guys started to post and share because um, they wanted to create a certain uh, a certain rivalry in people or maybe mm-hmm. maybe uh, a competition for 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 each and every one of them to to just feel themselves again. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, just amazing how how much the internet allows you to have a, a vital competition around you. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the best way to ask this, my next question, Marco, based on what you just said. But in in concept art and, and in other forms of art other than comics, and I know you're you're basically you know you're a, you're a comic guy now, in addition to being a concept designer and, and other things. But yeah. you know, in in comics, there's fandom, and in concept art, there technically there isn't fandom. Like people who buy games or see your illustrations in RPGs, they don't know necessarily, I guess, who you are. They just admire. Oh, I don't think. Don't don't say that there's no fandom in concept art. I, I think there's a lot of fandom in concept art that um, already steps over over its own bounds. I I, I, okay. I mean there's there's one example that really that really freaks me out and that's I, I think we're living we're living in a day and age where where it's not the lack of talent anymore that um, uh, that 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 we should take care of. It's the lack of individuality in some fans. Uh, that really scares the shit out of me. Like I can give you, for example, one okay. um, one story. Of West Bird is one of my one of my best friends. Also, also a guy from from Massive Black, and he's one of the most prodigal and talented young artists out there that I've ever seen. That guy would just kick my ass every day when I got into the studio. <laughs> okay. Like if I would if I would do four four concepts for a gig, he would do six. If I would do ten, he would do twenty, and all of them would be bad ass. That guy is fucking crazy. So this guy has developed his own sketchbook style and posted on concept art. And um, he got like such a, I think he must have just hit the nail with people. And he got so many admirers. But now if you look at a lot of young guys, they're basically nothing more than his copycat. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 it's horrible. It's horrible to watch because these people are not only um, copying a certain technique that West uses. They're copying his visual language mm-hmm. and um, they're, they're, they're copying his, his symbolism. They're copying the way he composes stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's not only anymore about like, I'm going to learn to draw like him. No, they actually, they're, they're swallowing him and they're trying to be like him. And mm-hmm. this is one... There, this is one amazing. Did you see the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford? No, the movie? no I didn't. No, no. I didn't either. Uh, there's this amazing scene between Brad Pitt, who's Jesse James in the movie, and uh, Robert Ford, who's played by Casey Affleck. And Robert Ford wants basically to to be like Jesse James. He wants to take his place and whatever. So mm-hmm. uh, Jesse James is lying in, in in the bathtub, and Robert Ford is coming up from behind, and um, they're having a conversation. And uh, Brad Pitt asks um, Robert Ford. Uh, so I can't figure it out. I can't seem to figure it out. Do you want to be like me or do you want to be me? And this, that, that actually hits the nail with, with all these copycats because mm. they, at one point in their lives, have seen, okay, Wes is great. Wes has a lot of admirers. Wes gets five-star threads. Wes gets, gets everything he wants. 
And now, instead of trying to be a good artist for themselves, an individual artist that has his own language and achieves all of this by himself, they're just trying to take everything that, has, that Wes has done and get the same fame and the same gain out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a horrible thing that happens in, 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 in a lot of young kids that I'm witnessing right now that are just, you know, you can't stop them. You can't, you can't tell them um, to, to look around and be individuals by themselves, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had this one conversation with, uh, with one fan, uh, with one Wes admirer that just freaked me out. It's just a, a year ago or something, and he was showing his portfolio, and it was like I was looking at Wes's work. It wasn't like just the technique. I'm, I'm really not talking about the technique because technique is something that can just enhance your visual language. It was basically he was ripping off every every single piece of ideas that Wes has had already shown. Every every way Wes would compose pictures were, was was blatant, blatantly copied. Okay. So I wow. asked him, like, um, I, I I told him the portfolio as itself is great. It's it's a it's a great piece of work, and it's awesome that you achieved that much. But you don't want to you don't want to be Wes. You you want to be yourself. And uh, the, the the only answer I got from him is uh, yeah, but I want to be better than him. And that, that that really freaked me out because that says a lot about our culture. If you if you don't want to grow alongside with somebody, but if you want to be better than him, if you want right. to beat him, right. you know, you, you, it, it it's really that's really frightening and really and really sad. Um, when 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 people actually want to beat somebody else, you know, mm-hmm. it's not it's not that's not friendly competition anymore. That's it's just, it's unhealthy just at that point. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I that that maybe that's maybe my my biggest concern about about the people growing up right now. They they have access to, um, they're young, they're still mailable. They they don't have they don't have a developed personality. They just see one artist being successful, and they they focus their mind on that and tell themselves. I'm I'm gonna be like this person. I, I I'm gonna put every effort into that to be an exact copy, and uh, they don't develop individuality anymore. And that, that that's a, that's a thing that I'm afraid of in terms of artistic growth and the generation that is coming after us. Okay. So when so when I mentioned fandom before, you, the correlation you're making is is the fandom that exists in concept design is really more from people who would presumably be peers rather than like lay people. Who are enjoying the yeah. product? It, I see what you're saying. Okay, okay. So yeah. there's, yeah. there's a desire to replace or and or surpass the people they're watching versus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like none of these new guys have stepped have stepped up as a teacher by mm-hmm. themselves. You know, mm-hmm. like okay. none of these new guys have has 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 actually um, for himself created a new crowd of people and a new crowd of followers. They're just basically basing everything up. Upon the generation that came before them, and that's not good. That's not good because if they had their own visual language, if they had their own individuality and personality speaking through their art, they they wouldn't they they would already have millions of admirers mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. But in in the situation they're in, they're just always going to be, um, well, the clone, if you want it like that. Exactly. That's fascinating. Mm. Um, interesting, Marco. Very interesting, uh, Mark. <laughs> No, I mean you went down a serious rabbit trail, but that was cool. Yeah, and I, and we love rabbit trails. That's good. Keep going. Okay. Uh, okay. At what point did you uh, did things really start to cement for Massive Black and its beginnings and uh, and and CA and and you really deciding okay I'm gonna I'm gonna move from from Germany and move to uh, to America. Well, I think you've been to that San Francisco workshop uh, in 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 2005, right? Yeah, I did actually. Okay. Um, well. 
the, the physical studio opened up in 2005, right after the workshop. Wow. And, uh, but we, we, already, we already have been working together on a, on a freelance basis for a year and a half at that point. Like, um, we started back in 2003, mm-hmm. I think, um, and uh, Jason was in his garage, and Andrew was uh, still working at Retro, and Cora was still working at Shaba Games, and um, I was in Germany being, being the, the, the freelancer. So we all already chipped in work and started creating this um, uh, this thing, and um, the, the physical headquarters got necessary when the workloads got so big that we we basically had to have a, have a core team. Mm-hmm. We we had to be all in one spot and be able to talk to each other and mm-hmm. do work together on on finishing our projects. So it, it was basically, in, I think it was February 2005, if I'm not if I'm not wrong, that the studio physically opened in in San Francisco. Okay. Did you enjoy California and your position at MB? I mean, was did did you take to American culture versus I, I say American culture, but I mean it's it's, it's all the same. Yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> they can. Well, be very- I tried. I tried for 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 three and a half years. I I, I had this futile fight against uh, American culture, and I tried okay. to wrap it around my belt, but it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I, I I had to I had to give up and go back. Okay. <laughs> I, and I was, and uh, we and we were curious if you went back, you know, for practical reasons, or if you went back because you know you and uh, Yelena were talking, I guess, about getting married and maybe wanting to go. Out, you know, we weren't sure. Well, it's 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 all. Um, there's a, a lot of things that play together at one mm-hmm. point. I I I think if I would have stayed single, I, I would have stayed with Massive Black for for a long run. Okay. I, I, I mean, I, I I really I really never had a day where I. I didn't like going to work. Actually, I I, I love going to work every day. Okay. Um, so I uh, I possibly would have stayed like till till the doors closed or whatever. I don't okay. know. Um, but uh, Germany um, always had like this fascination of being my home country, mm. just because I I know how to get around here easier. I I I, I like certain things in Germany a lot better. Uh, for example, foreign policy. <laughs> and uh, I, <laughs> and I, I <laughs> yeah, my, my jabs all coming low today. Stick and um, move. <laughs> Marco Georgievic is light on his feet, baby. Yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically, I, I, I just, I just decided I, I don't want to raise kids there. I, okay. I, I really don't. I, I, as much as I love my friends, and as much as I had fun at Bath of Black, and as much as I, uh, I don't know, I miss the guys every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still, I still had to make a decision in in terms of my future, and my future is definitely going to be having kids and um, letting them grow up next to me. And I just wanted to uh, a quieter place, you know, to do that. Right. And Germany was a good step back. I mean, I, I, I that, that that's just one thing. If you know the country, you know the bureaucracy and all the all the things that go hand in hand together with it. Um, stuff is so much easier for you. So that was that was basically the, the the entire reason behind it. But it was all in good love. We separated like true friends with lots of tears and uh, a good, good night of drinking. And um, <laughs> and I visit them as as often as I can. Okay. And, um, uh, still maintain my 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 close relationships with the people. Okay. I mean that, that's how I roll. I, I I've I've always I've always listened to my guts and all decisions I I made I made I made basically within within a split second. And, okay. Um, I've I've run 
perfectly so far with it. I, I, I think I think that's a I, I think that's a good good decision for life, you know, because okay. if you question yourself all the time, you just end up like questioning yourself. You lose so much time and energy on questioning, 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 and not doing anything. Um, and I can I can lose my time better than, than that. Yeah. You know? That's one of the things you're saying, character ideation, that I like, too. You were saying how don't waste your time and, and bog yourself down in a bunch of self-doubt. And at some point, if you're not doing yeah. what you want to do when you're doing your pencils, to get up and walk around and go have time with your friends and then come back to your project fresh. Exactly. Exactly. That's how, that's how it is. I mean, like, that's how I, how I perceive art and how I've always done art. Like, I, I, I start out without a concept and I let the concept become, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. it's not like... I, I I never understood like big planning phases or or or, or laying uh, or laying out a hundred thumbnails and deciding what the, <laughs> what the best one is. Like. Okay, it's just, it's just you know like there's just so much wasted energy that uh, goes into 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 nothing. And um, I I really I really think when uh, I'm I'm a very focused person. Once I start I start working on something, mm-hmm. uh, so I I can I can really get shit done. Um, in 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 a really small amount of time because I focus so much on something, um, and that's why I normally do all my covers in one sitting. You know, um, because I I know if I if I will allow myself to go back from the work or 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 leave the work sitting there for a day or two, I would already hate it, uh, and I would not not like touching it up anymore, and uh, it would just look bad, and I would start overworking it. So I when I sit down, I just try to have like this one focus and, and decide, okay, it's, a, it's like finding your zen. It's like washing dishes. When you wash dishes, you don't want to do anything else besides washing dishes because the, uh, then you, you're washing dishes for the entire night and they're never going to be clean. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's very so, true. <laughs> when, I do, when, when I do my work, I just want to do my work and nothing else and just get it done and, and move on with my life. Okay. Okay, that's a that's a good segue into your relationship with Marvel and the eighty covers that you did last year. And you see, you're sixty deep now in 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 two thousand eight, and and we're only halfway yeah. through the year, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we 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 read online, man, the, the story about your X Men redesigns, and you posted them on on conceptart.org. And then you know exactly. you, you got a lot of lot of fan mail, a lot of praise mail, a lot of hate mail, a little hateration going on. Uh, but uh, anyway, you definitely stirred up the pot, and and one, I guess an editor at Marvel saw your stuff and offered you a gig. Yeah, okay. yeah. I I think I think it made the round, and Joe Q saw it, and uh, Chris Allo, who's uh, the talent manager, saw it, and like everybody loved it. Everybody okay. loved it, and everybody was saying, "Okay, why 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 isn't this guy working for us?" So Chris um, uh, gave me a call and asked me if I wanted to start out, and they asked me if I wanted to do a test piece because they wanted to see how I interpret. In, interpret like um, a description I get from them, and uh, mm-hmm. I did the test piece over over a weekend, and uh, basically the next day I got hired. Okay, so, um, <laughs> that, that's how the whole story went. I mean, they they loved it from 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 the get go, and they wanted to get me exclusive as 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 soon as possible. So I'm oh, sure they did. Since I started, <laughs> since, since I started out, I, I've been I've been uh, under under uh, strong contact with them. Contact with them. Okay, and. Uh, I've been I've been exclusive since then, and I'm going to be for a long time, as far as I can tell. Okay, okay. Of your covers, and that's that's how Dwight and I discovered you, man. And I used discover quotes discovered you in quotes, or that's how I discovered. That's you. how you discovered him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had uh, I started seeing the I like the Blade series, mm-hmm. and I love the covers. Okay. And then I started seeing uh, the covers you you were doing for Daredevil, and then uh, and X Men yeah. First Class, and all that stuff. 
and I'll try to refrain from using the word badass since you uh, since you dogged out somebody <laughs> for using the word badass earlier when we were talking. <laughs> but they are badass. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank uh, you. And especially the the bullseye and and green uh, green goblin cover. Okay. Th- that was fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That was my only baby question. I'm sorry. Uh, but, Don't worry. I can, I can live with one. Okay, just one. We'll squeeze just one under the radar. But but uh, how was editorial on uh, on those early Blade covers and, and the Daredevil covers? Like, seriously, I, I have I had the smoothest ride in my entire career since I started working for them. They love everything I do, and they leave me. They leave me alone, and that's that's worth that's worth more than any exchange rate. (laughs) (laughs) Just they're just such smooth sailing. You 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 go to work, you deliver your sketch, you get it approved, you go on. I I I couldn't I couldn't say one bad thing about the company. I I love them. I really do. And um they're doing they're doing great work and just leaving me alone and they know I do my best work when 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 I'm just left alone and they've been just so generous with me doing my own shit and um as long as I stay in certain parameters which is the same with every job. I mean like right. um Okay, I'm drawing superheroes and spandex. I, I'm free to do whatever I want. Like I, I can't be sexually offensive. I can't be like politically incorrect. But everything else is basically uh, free to do. Okay, the, and I can be sexually offensive and, and politically incorrect in my personal work. <laughs> <laughs> and we encourage that, Marco. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I live for that. Sure. <laughs> The cover with Wolverine, the Blade cover with Wolverine, I forget which one it is. I think it's number six, but... Um, number five. It is number five, okay. Did you ever yeah. think that, man, they ain't going to go for this because it was too graphic and it was too too violent? I mean, the whole thing of the, the claws going through Blade's head and coming out under skull. his chin and going out of the top of his skull? <laughs> they said I rendered it tastefully. <laughs> And and I would have to agree. Yeah, because it was beautiful. I can't say it wasn't Thank gorgeous. <laughs> Thanks, man. That was the one that made me say, okay, there's something else going on in this guy's head. That's the way I think. I think weird. <laughs> okay, okay. Late, later on, the Blade covers went uh, from being more illustrative, in my opinion, to being more like graphic designing and more propaganda-like. Like you started incorporating yeah. text and flat color and other things, and the illustrative part tended to be like a smaller part of a larger picture. Whose idea was that, or why did, if it was your idea, why did, why did you go that direction? Well, basically, you know, Blade had uh, it was direction. It was the I, I was I was the, I was the main part in this. Um, the reason was basically the Blade series got canceled so many times, and I just tried something different. You know, like okay. nobody was believing that the series could make it. So I, I, I was just put on it and got free reign, and, and they basically told me do whatever you can to save it. You know, okay. so that okay. that was that was um, uh, my approach and just trying to find a new new visual style for it because you can't go you can't go with the same shit over and over again. And I mean, Blade has been done like what six volumes before already, and yeah. um, uh, it didn't work out. So you you're just bound to try something new. You okay. know. The number six where he's duking it out with the guy in the Cossack hat. Now, are you? The, did you come up with that jokey quote about you being a hack on the cover? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was me. Now, what, do you, me. Now, what do you mean you're a hack, man? You're no hack. 
dude, dude, hold on. Hold on. Well, I'm a one trick pony. <laughs> dude, dude, Come on, dude, man. dude, 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 dude. This is Dwight speaking, okay? <laughs> if you're a hack, there is no hope for anybody else in the freaking in the freaking uh, in the art industry. world. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to consider myself that way. That that keeps me that keeps me keen and and, and um, uh, I don't know. I, I just don't I just don't like to think about myself as being big shit. You know, it's just well, uh, if I do that, I, I'd get lazy and. Uh, I'd rather I'd rather think about all the opportunities I still have and all the things I could do and um, and and that, that's why I consider sometimes I consider myself a hack because I I have to hack shit out pretty fast you know like okay. I, I I do production work and I'm um, all these covers I did over the past uh, year and a half like none of these covers took longer than sixteen seventeen hours or something mm-hmm. so um, I, I I sometimes wonder what. I'd be capable of doing if I had a full week on something or wow. if I could like really plan out something okay. but, uh, that would go back to me not being patient enough to do it. And, um, so I kind of, I, I don't know, like sometimes I, it's also, it's good to, to have some sense of self humor. I, I, I like, I like, Taking, taking well, crap on myself. Yeah, well, we we, we, we sensed that it was a self-deprecating remark, but we were like, okay, come on, man. If he's a hack, yeah. <laughs> hacking and slashing is more like it. He's cutting up the competition, but, That's it. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. No, Thank but, uh, you, man. Thanks. You're very welcome. You're very awesome, welcome. sir. You're <laughs> awesome. So to go to potential video game companies that you dealt with in the past, um, dissonance. Yeah. When did dissonance come along, and, and how did how did that work for you did you move there oh jesus oh jesus oh jesus okay this is a funny story okay i was sitting in i was sitting in uh, frankfurt germany uh, where i used to live for for a while and uh, i was um uh, i got this mail from a couple of guys that were um that were telling me that they opened up a new studio in 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 what was it fort lauderdale and mm-hmm. they wanted to hire me for for one month on the spot and uh, they offered me a good bunch of money for it. I mean, it was really, really a good salary for a month of work. And they were like, okay, we're going to fly you out, and you can work here, and uh, we can we can basically tell you exactly what, what we want instead of sending uh, emails back and forth. And I agreed on doing it. And so I, I went on the plane, and I flew over, and uh, I went to, like, only two guys, and it's in their apartment. <laughs> and these two guys had saved money for I don't know how long, for months and months, just to be able to fly me out, pay me a badass salary. <laughs> I could sit in their living room for an entire month and design their game that they wanted to pitch to companies. Hey, I gotta give them—I gotta give them their propers because I would have done that shit too. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was seriously the most awkward shit I've ever been through. Like I was expecting—I was expecting a studio and right, a hotel right. room, and, you know, like all that kind of crappy shit you expect when you're like uh, fucking—I don't know super content artist and when you have people paying you badass salary or something. Right. But then I come to these guys and it's like a, a three room, a three bedroom apartment and they're like, okay, here's your, here's your table in the living room. Here's your computer. We set it all off for you. And here's your couch where you're going to sleep. Wow. Badass. So I was there already did they... in San Francisco. Marco, San Francisco did they... Was a pro- yeah, go ahead. Did they show you your shelf in the refrigerator too? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, they they they, they actually awaited me with a with a like a a, a, a gallon bottle of vodka, just you know, to, to say welcome to me. Well, they, at least they it got was, that was, part right. <laughs> yeah, they got that part right, and I I had an awesome time on their couch for I was staying with them for three weeks, and um, I. I, I just designed their game at that time. I was like, okay, I can't lose anything anymore. <laughs> I'm already here. Why, why go back? <laughs> That's oh, cool. dude, I, I'm sorry to bring such an ugly memory, dude, because that had to be fucking horrible, man. <laughs> well, you know, like I was just, I, back in the day, I wasn't seeing. I was, I wasn't giving a shit anyway. So it, okay. it, it, it's all good. Okay. I mean, um, <laughs> then now, now that I'm married, I can't. Pull, pull right, like right, right. <laughs> the good old times. So somewhere in Fort Lauderdale, there's a couch that says Marco slept here. Right? <laughs> 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 but you can imagine, you can imagine those guys doing doing crunch hours at work just to get extra extra money and yeah. taking on a second job just to get extra money for months and months just so they can pay me like what ten thousand bucks just to fly me out and have me work, no, work I, on site for I, for, I, for for a month. I mean that—that's fucking dedication. It, is, I, it really it, is. For not even not even having like an idea if they're ever going to succeed with the game or if they're going to going to be able to pitch it to anyone. I mean that's that's uh, really really uh, uh, big chops to them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on to to greener and more present pastures. Right. Uh, let's talk a little bit before we let you go, uh, Marco, uh, about Thor. And uh, and your work with okay. Straczynski on the series. Are you having fun with it? Doing the interiors is that a challenge for you? What what's how how are things for you as far as Thor is concerned? Uh, you know, I I never consider drawing to be a challenge. I I don't consider artwork to be a challenge. It's a challenge if you make it a challenge. You okay. know, like I, if you sit down and you're afraid of the outcome, and I say that on my DVD all the time, and I sound like a grandpa saying it, but it's not. It's not. It's not. You know, you you're making this up. You're making up the challenge. It's it's all in your head. It's not a challenge to draw. Okay. It's it's a, it's, a, it's a challenge to overcome that fear of drawing. And um, I I really didn't feel challenged about about it. I I did I did the entire uh, two issues in ten days each, and I I I had fun with it. You know, like I sat down, rushed it through, and was done, and uh, moved on with my covers. Okay, hold on, hold so, on, hold on. Yeah. You did the entire two issues of Thor. Yeah. 22 pages. In 10 days each. <laughs> I told you he's fucking awesome. <laughs> you don't believe that, right? <laughs> no, I, 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 I believe, believe you, but my, my jaw is on the floor and, and I'm about to step on it. <laughs> yeah. No, no. That's crazy it's, fast. Uh, 10 days each. It's, I, I did two pages a day without a problem, without even sweating it. God, <laughs> uh, how how did you end up doing the book, man? How, uh, how did you end up hooking up with Straczynski and doing and doing the book? Uh, yeah. I think my editor asked me. Um, he he needed he he. I mean, Marvel wants wanted to do some interior work with me for like since the since the minute I started okay. there, and they okay. were they were constantly asking, and it just never came along that I had the opportunity to work on something that interested me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I I just ended up like um, there was a slot free when Olivier uh, was taking a break from from the series of tour. I had Warren uh, Warren Simons, the editor, the tour editor, and a good friend of mine. That okay. he asked me basically if I wanted to do those two two issues, um, so Olivier could just 
kick back and relax and catch up with his schedule. And I, I said yes because I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't even afraid the slightest of fucking it up or something. I, uh, um, if, she, if she can draw or if she can paint 160 covers in, in or 140 covers in, in, in 18 months, you can you can do a comic in, in any time you want. Okay. And so basically, I, I, I just I just wanted to um, to figure it out if I, I was a good storyteller on top of that, you know, like mm-hmm. because I've never I've never done a comic before. And I wanted to see if I could if, uh, if I'd have a good panel layout and if I could like let the story flow and whatever mm-hmm. that, that was that was um the the interesting part for for me to uh, uh dive into into the series okay well before we let you go man uh definitely congratulations as far as the thor series go because the guy works at, our, at at the comic shop that i shop at he said uh it's a it's a big hit he said it's it's, a, it's a big hit so mm-hmm. uh i mean props to you and straczynski and i guess they just brought thor back to life or whatever so mm-hmm. you know you know uh well, I mean, Olivia did a fantastic job before me. The right, first six right, issues right, were, right. Were, were amazing, and I, I mean, Olivia is a, is, a, is a great artist in his own terms. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I, I really respect the guy for for everything he does. And, um, he he's just he's just a fantastic artist, just completely different than me, and um, but but still a great a great great visual storyteller, and mm-hmm. I, I I love what he does. So um, I think he was he was basically reviving it, and I I was just trying to I was just trying to figure it out if I if I can do it myself you know sure. because it, it, that was basically also a test from Marvel's side because now they know okay Marco can do this in no time and we can always hit him up with something and okay. um, he can jump around and be, be our be our ace card to play when, when we need him okay well, for sure for sure and hopefully we'll see more interiors from you uh, based on your uh, your your work on Thor and the uh, the couple pages that you did in the uh, in the Daredevil special yeah 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 a couple pages you did in the Daredevil special too I remember that as well so yeah, I mean, all of this, all of this is still rushed, you know. Like all of this is still, is still, it's still, you know. Like I'm still waiting for for a time when when the fucking dollar grows uh, uh, grows back and, and gets right. some strength back. So I can like really relax and say, okay, it's it's uh, it pays off for me to spend a month on a book. Right. right. As long as that doesn't happen. It it just it's, it's just it's just gonna be it's gonna be shit. it's gonna be so, ten days and twenty two pages in ten days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Well, I have a statement that I've got to make to you, Marco, before we let you go. It's not even a question, but we started this show a little over a year ago, and yeah. we we talked with Jason just a couple of weeks ago before mm-hmm. you know from talking with you, and talking with both of you guys is actually bringing. Dwight and I full circle as far as the show goes because our very first show we talked about Massive Black we mm-hmm. talked about conceptart.org and we talked about Marco and we talked about Marco Georgievic and the very first piece of art that we posted was your X-Men first class cover yep. the, the very first one that you did exactly and that's amazing yeah so here we are a year later we finally got a chance to have a conversation with you albeit piecemeal with these uh these goddamn uh phone cards <laughs> <laughs> Well, you guys know, as, as long as you have money to call me, you can always call me up. I, oh. I'm, I'm here for you, and uh, I'm, awesome, I'm open man. to any kind of discussion down the future. And if you will ever want to talk uh, shitty foreign politics or something, I'm, I'm here for you as well. well and, dude, 
you you got to send me that link. I, I I've never saw I, I never saw that. I would I would love to download that that first podcast and hear cool. what well, you're talking about. It's not pretty, right? And, <laughs> and and forgive us for mispronouncing your name horribly. Right, right. We mispronounced your name like like crazy. You're speaking of ha- hacking and slashing. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. Well, you can live with that. I I, I think that's funny. Well, I'm we're glad you find humor in it because we surely do not at this point. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That concludes this episode of Sidebar Forever, hosted by Dwight Clark, Swain Hunt, and Adrian Johnson. You can find us online at sidebarforever.com. Any emails or questions can be directed to us at sidebarforever at gmail.com. And also, subscribe to us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram.